0: China lashes out, new Obamacare competition, and a looming tax crackdown, because this is where the money is. Hi, Fools. Welcome to the Wednesday Healthcare Edition of Where the Money Is. We're happy to be back here with you. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by my fellow healthcare analyst-in-arms, Michael Douglas. Michael, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Lots of news. There's a fair amount of news, although we are sort of entering that dry spell right before earnings season. I I can't wait for earnings to to get going next month. Oh,
1: Oh, yeah. We we will have no shortage of things to talk about then.
0: But uh, we do have, we have some, some sort of bigger news, less company-specific stuff. Uh, we do have a deal that we'll cover at the end of the show. Uh, but let's start with China. Um, we know GlaxoSmithKline's had a ton of problems over there. Uh, they finally ended their bribery uh, probe over there. Glaxo's going to get fined almost $500 million, $498 million. Uh, what's your take on this? you know it's uh it's 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 good that this is
1: finally done of course yep. not, not a good thing that this is a, a, an enormous fine, um, but it's good for Glaxo to have this behind it so it can so the company can kind of focus on you know first off, growing up the pipeline and then also trying to sort of build back its commercialization presence in china
0: which is it's tough right China's yeah. the number three pharmaceutical market uh, it's going to be really the largest avenue of growth mm-hmm. uh, over the coming decade, uh, Glaxo sales dropped twenty percent in China because yeah. of this scandal. So they really do have a lot of ground to make up, and, and I think it is going to be tough a little bit. Uh, we're not super bullish. At least uh, I'll speak for myself. I'm not super bullish on Glaxo right now. Uh, I think they have some some difficulties in their COPD business.
1: Yeah, well, and and, and you know, at, listeners particularly will will, will remember that uh, a couple months ago we we did like a a piece by piece takedown of GlaxoSmithKline and just don't really like the growth opportunities. I mean, it's a, it's a big dividend stock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about a 5% dividend, which is fantastic. But when you just look at kind of where the top line looks like it's going to be in the next couple of years, I'm not really confident. I think there are much better, uh, also cheaply valued, uh, dividend stocks in the healthcare space for folks who are looking for that kind of investment.
0: Yep. I think that's, uh, that's right on. Yeah. Good advice. Thank you. Uh, well, let's move from overseas back home. I guess back home to companies looking to then move overseas. Uh, yep. We got we got some news. Uh, the Obama administration uh, is looking to potentially crack down on these tax inversions. You and I have been talking about so much. Mm-hmm. They issued some new rules on it. Now it's not going to be retroactive, which is a good uh, deal for the companies that have already inverted. Uh, that's going to be something like a Burger King with Tim Hortons, not healthcare, but worth mentioning because right. people uh, know that Medtronic and Covidian Shire, These are all excluded. Someone like uh, Pfizer, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, is a company that's going to uh, potentially run into some problems here, but they might not be uh, so phased on it, Uh, but let's take a look, what are your thoughts about uh, what Jack Lew said? Uh, You
1: know, when I look at it, this is kind of this was an obvious loophole that was, I think, something that the U.S. government was going to come after at some point, and so Mm -hmm. folks really had to know that it was going to be an issue, and I think that's why we saw so much inversion activity as kind of conversations about it began to ramp up. Um, it's a targeted set of reforms. It's very much, I think, a stopgap measure. There needs to be a broader conversation. You know, kind of everyone always talks about, we need a broader conversation about tax reform. Well, they're actually do- you know, they say that because it's actually true. Yeah. Uh, now, it also is a nice cover uh, for you know, not getting anything done. Well, we need to have this conversation. There needs to be a committee, what have you. But when it comes down to it, there is um, a much broader conversation, a lot more that needs to be done beyond the stopgap, because it's not going to be enough to just kind of cover everything moving forward?
0: Well, uh, the question is, too, to me, how much will it uh, stop these Mm -hmm. inversions from happening? Because Pfizer still looks – now, they they talked apparently to activists. We mentioned Mm -hmm. on last week's show that activists was rumored to be a potential target Mm -hmm. for Pfizer. Uh, AstraZeneca also still out there for Pfizer. You know, the difference is with activists, Pfizer is going to uh, really just get uh, generic drugs, but it will help them – bulk up that established products business to mm. then spin it off and, and sort of keep Pfizer to the slimmed down innovative growth company that CEO mm. Ian Reed wants. Um, it is sort of funny to see the the musical chairs happening over there too though because Pfizer's potentially going after Activists, which itself inverted not that long ago. Right. Uh, Activist is potentially looking to buy Allergan as a white knight if mm. Allergan's amenable to it. Valiant trying to buy Allergan aggressively. Allergan potentially trying to buy Salix to hold off Valiant. You just, I mean, this is what happens when people have a lot of money in healthcare and they're not sure where to put it.
1: Yeah, well, it's been burning, burning a
0: hole in everybody's pocket, yep.
1: and I think that's also in part because they're responding to the fact that shareholders are saying, "Well, if you're sitting on this much money, do something with it." Yep. You know, build a dividend or buy something. And for a lot of these companies, especially when you consider that kind of, you know high growth, and then high risk in the portfolio, mm-hmm. uh, it makes better sense, I think, in a lot of ways for them to try and go hunting on sort of the, some of these inversion deals than, uh, or some of various other deals than to institute a dividend that maybe wouldn't be sustainable for over the long term.
0: Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Certainly, inversion isn't really in the spirit of the law because no one actually moves overseas. Right. Uh, you just get access to those overseas cash, and, and you know it does. Ian Reed was saying it puts his company at a competitive disadvantage, which mm-hmm. I- I- in some cases it does. But until, as you mentioned, there's not a, a longer conversation about taxes and repatriating overseas cash, mm-hmm. um, we could still see companies press forward with this.
1: Well, and, and and the other and the other piece, and this is something that I think investors do not do want to watch carefully is the fact that you know we got a lot of pending mergers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Medtronic, AbbVie, some of these others, that, that could be potentially uh, impacted by this. Wall Street Journal reported on that, uh, I think, this morning, or no, a couple days ago. Um, and so, that's the, and this is why we saw kind of a, a pullback in those stocks yep. when this was announced. So we want to Keep a close eye on that's investors in companies like Abvi um, and like Medtronic should be keeping a particularly close
0: eye on. Well, it. it's funny too, some of the European companies that were mentioned as uh, potential inversion targets all yep. sold off on the news yeah. as well. Uh, well, let's move uh, from uh, the Obama administration to Obamacare. Yep. And we, we have some news from the Department of Health and Human Services. And there was a recent study that came out and it showed increasing competition. Uh, is going to be happening on the exchanges. So uh, there was uh, some preliminary data here on key findings, but it looks like there's going to be a 25% increase in the number of health insurers. Yeah, uh, and
1: and, and really this is huge news for a couple of different reasons. Um, The first is that it proves out that one of the big concerns with the law had been that... insurers would pull out because they wouldn't make money on it. And we know that some mm-hmm. of the insurers are guiding for breaking even, maybe not making money, maybe they need to you know, reweight their risk pool a little bit, what, what have you. Um, but what this clearly shows is that they're saying, but we think we can make money, and yep. so we're getting involved. Um, the other piece that I think is really critical from the consumer side is some of these states where you saw the number of insurers increase, and I'm, uh, I'm pulling out the... The chart now. Um, you know, you look at Alabama, it had two insurers in 2014. It's going up to three. Okay, that's not a huge amount, but that is an increase in competition. Um, Dramatically, I mean, when
0: you're talking about that few in the
1: state. It's a 50% increase. In, uh, yeah. you know, you, Mississippi, two to three. Montana, three to four. West Virginia, one to two. Um, and so this is,
0: we, we know that. West Virginia gets choice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, and uh, we know that more choice is leading to. Um, We've got a lot of indications that more choice is leading to greater uh, you know, greater competition and then lower Premium cost. growth. Exactly. So
0: growth, but but lower premium growth than I think a lot of people were anticipating. Yeah. And, and
1: historically. And, and as a result, hopefully that will help translate into some of these smaller states that are now getting competition or more competition.
0: Well, I think WellPoint yeah. really was the big winner of round one. They actually jumped in. Most of the insurance companies said, you know, we're going to dip our toe in the water. We're going to see what the temperature is. Yeah. I don't blame them. I like a conservatively run <laughs> insurance company. Right. Um, but Wellpoint was completely proven right by jumping in, um, you know, just yelling cannonball and jumping in the deep end. Uh, and and they're looking to make the most money off year one of Obamacare.
1: Yeah, it looks like a pretty a pretty good year for Wellpoint. And and you know what's what's funny is when you look at their their earnings, you know their earnings are going to go down a little bit from last year. But the commentary on that was, well, yeah, you know, it turns out that we actually had to hire a lot more staff to onboard all the new people, so we're not as profitable as we would have been otherwise. Okay. The, that's the best That's the best earnings decline comment I've ever heard, right? Uh, we have so much volume coming in that we'd hire some more staff, and that impacted our bottom line a little bit. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's see how year two goes for you guys. And there's been guidance for a big expansion further in year two, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen some, some states kind of cracking on Medicaid as well. Pennsylvania has agreed to expand, et cetera. So there's a lot more potential upside for insurers.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that Needs to be watched further, closely. Uh, just because year one is almost over. I mean, we have enrollment coming up, and then year mm-hmm. two is going to be, I think, pretty significant as well. Absolutely. Well, let's move into some stock-specific news. We have a deal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these stocks have gotten kind of quiet with earnings coming up, but we, we do have a deal. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Baxter mm-hmm. is uh, buying Merimax lead cancer drug for $100 million up front and $870 million in milestone payments, and this is for pancreatic cancer.
1: Yeah, and, and so what's interesting for this is that you you hear Baxter, uh, well, if you're really watching healthcare closely, you, know, you think, oh, hemophilia. Well, you know, it turns out they're actually interested in kind of expanding their oncology footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it's an interesting deal because they're paying a lot for this drug, but they don't even get U.S. rights. Um, Merrimack gets to retain those. And so it's it's kind of I don't know, it'll be interesting to me to see whether they get a good return on investment in this, because yeah. it's a lot of money. Um,
0: selling overseas is a lot harder. I think it was a yeah. great deal by Merrimack. I oh, always, totally. I always love when you can keep U.S. rights, get giant milestone payments, and a nice upfront infusion of cash.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got to think that Merrimack really kind of came out smelling like roses in this deal. And, and for Baxter, you know, I, I guess we'll see, but I, I'm less confident.
0: Yep, well, it's something definitely to be watching, and uh, it's definitely a space where if the drug... Uh, drug performs well, then uh, there's there's definitely an avenue for uh, for a market there. And and I just realized, I don't think we actually said the drug's name. It's MM MM-398,
1: also known as NOW-IRI. So... Keep your,
0: keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. Absolutely. And uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for tomorrow's Where the Money Is as well. Uh, it'll be the Energy Edition. Uh, I think Michael and I are going to be off next week, mm-hmm. so we'll miss you. I hope you miss us, and we'll be <laughs> seeing you after that. And then Earnings is coming up, so we're going to have really a great run of shows over the next uh, next few weeks. Absolutely. All right. For Michael Douglas, I'm David Williamson, and Fool on.